5,000 people. Can we imagine what 5,000 people might have looked like? 5,000? Any thoughts on a crowd of 5,000? I hear that there's, uh, at a concert at Rogers Arena, it can hold 20,000. So let's imagine the whole lower bowl of Rogers Arena being full. And 2,000 years ago, before electricity or engines, (laughs) uh, what would it take to feed 5,000 people? And so that's where we find ourselves in the story with Jesus today. He's looking at a crowd of 5,000 people. He's got his good friends at his side. And um, he looks at the math guy in the group, Philip, and uh, he says, where are we going to buy bread for these people to eat? And so Philip ponders it and maybe does some calculations and looks at the skyline, sees that it's getting dark. It's probably a two-hour walk to any town where they might be able to get that food. And even if they were able to get that food, how would they pay for 5,000 people, Right? That would cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And so imagine Philip's face. Or imagine your face or your feeling if you were asked to feed these 5,000. And then imagine Jesus' face. And then we hear another voice. Andrew, one of Jesus' younger friends, pipes up, and he has had an aha moment. He says, aha, there's a boy here, and he's got five barley loaves. And so um, probably what a barley loaf might have looked like in those days was more kind of a, just a flattened cake, so to speak, and probably made of a darker flour because probably poor people's food in lots of ways. So uh, Andrew says, there's a, there's, a, there's a boy here. He's got five barley loaves, and he has two fish. Um, I've got canned sardines, okay? <laughs> so two fish. <laughs> and, uh, and Andrew says, maybe that's it. But then, of course, he probably looks at this crowd of 5,000 people and goes, Oh, uh, that's not that much for all of this. So imagine Andrew's face or how Andrew was feeling in that moment. What of these little things when there are all these people? And again, imagine Jesus' face. How was Jesus looking at Andrew? Jesus motions to his friends and says, make the people sit down. And so then you can imagine the whoosh of all these people trying to sit in what's described as a very grassy field. So I imagine these long grasses kind of laying down and 5,000 people, men, women, children, sitting in the grasses. And Jesus gives thanks. He breaks the bread and he starts... um, If it wasn't COVID-19, I would start breaking the bread and giving and giving and giving and sharing and giving and sharing. But we won't do that today. Um, But imagine Jesus. And and, uh, on the front of the cover, we've got uh, 
what I thought was a, a great picture capturing a bit of the movement of what was happening in that moment. And I don't know if that's Jesus, but he looks pretty buff. Maybe it's Andrew, maybe it's Philip. If you, if you can't imagine Jesus being that muscular, then let it be Andrew or Philip. But, but, but in, in today's story, and, and there's, this is one story that's found in all four Gospels. But in today's version, it's Jesus who's at the lead. Jesus is at the lead, feeding and giving and giving and feeding and feeding and giving and giving and feeding until they are all full and happy. And there's probably a joyous feeling in the valley. No one is left hungry. And in fact, even afterwards, Jesus sends his disciples out and they collect 12 baskets full of probably this dried fish and these barley loaves. And so we live in that story today. And in what is an unusual time and what's been an unusual week, um, where we've had our lives changed or rescheduled or postponed, and I mean, not to be too silly, but we can't even watch the Oilers make their playoff run, everybody. (laughs) It's like, what's happening? (laughs) Lord, what's happening? But maybe we feel like those families in the valley that were huddled together and the sun was going down, it was getting cold, and some of them were wondering and watching, and some were somewhat peaceful and thinking we're going to make it through. Others were starting to shout and wonder what in the world is going on and where will our next meal come from. And so Jesus might in the midst of our life stories ask us a similar question. Where are we going to get the supplies to take care of everything that lays ahead of us in these days? And some of us might feel like we're, we're the Philip answer this week and we're like, <laughs> I don't know, Jesus, this, this feels crazy. The world is turning upside down. But maybe some of us have the Andrew answer and and we say, well, Jesus, uh, we've got a little bit of resources, a little bit of faith. We've got a little lunchbox full of community and hope and dreams and prayers and desires. And we believe that maybe something can happen in the midst of this bigger problem. And I hope that we can see Jesus looking at us saying, watch me, follow me. And so then we do let Jesus take the lead, believing that in Jesus' strength or through Jesus' providence, by Jesus' presence, there will be enough. And not only will there be enough, but there In this story, there's leftovers, there's abundance. In the midst of scarcity, in the midst of things feeling like they're running out, Jesus says, watch me, follow me, there will be enough. And we don't know how this works out, right? We don't know how this works out in these days, in these weeks. But in the midst of these big questions and 
kind of our worries and our anxieties we bring, our little faith, our little hopes, our little lunch boxes. And Jesus, we trust, will do beyond what we can imagine. One writer said it this way, Jesus says, try me, give me whatever you have, even if it doesn't seem like very much, and there will be enough. Jesus saying, try me, give me what you've got, and there will be enough. Another writer put it this way, um, he said, believe in the gospel mathematical equation, five plus two plus X, which Greek for Christ, equals 5,000 plus. A great equation. 5 plus 2 plus chi x equals 5,000 plus. There will be enough. And so I thought maybe as a spiritual practice that we could try that might kind of give some life to this trust and this way of following Jesus... Uh, I was rereading a book this week called Sleeping with Bread. Sleeping with Bread. Holding What Gives You Life. And uh, the context, it's a children's book. It's a children's spiritual formation book. And the context of the book being written um, starts with a story of World War II orphanage children having problems sleeping at night because they were so worried about everything that had happened around them, the fears, the abandonment, the explosions, the danger. And so one of the adults at this orphanage got the idea that, why don't we let these children sleep with bread at night so that they might be assured that today I have bread and tomorrow I will have bread as well. And so then, um, uh, in the midst of this book, Sleeping with Bread, the writers then turn that into a spiritual practice. How might we sleep with bread? And what might might be a spiritual practice that might help us in that journey? And so in your bulletins today, um, in the order of service, on the back of the purple part, I don't know if I've still got mine with me, yes, the purple order of service on the back page. There's this reflecting on the day using the examine. And the examine is a spiritual practice that's been around for 500 years. St. Ignatius, the Jesuit priest, developed this examine. And it's a way of reflecting on your day or your week or the past month, or even some people do this on an annual basis. And they ask two questions. What was the life-giving piece of my day or week or month? Or what was that life-sucking or drawing um, part of my life? And using that as a spiritual practice to then let God embrace you and love you and receive you in the midst of, the fancy word is consolation, goodness, grace, or desolation, those places where you didn't feel goodness, or grace. And we can do this with any age. Any age can experience this. Uh, Maybe how I've seen this evolve into our current context is, I think it's called highs, lows. Have you ever done that practice where someone just says, what was the high point of your day? What was the low point of your day? 
And so I think that's an evolution from the Ignatius examine. Or if you're talking to a child or someone younger, what did you feel good about today? When were you happiest? Or on the other side, what was hard? When did you feel sad or angry? When were you the saddest? And then on that sheet, I have these different phrasings. But let's, let's just try this for a couple minutes. Breathe in, breathe out, place your hand over your heart, breathe in, breathe out. When today was I most grateful? Or let's think about this past few days. When was I most grateful? When was I happiest? We take that memory in or we reflect on that memory and we take that in as nourishment from God. We keep on breathing and we ask ourselves, when was I least grateful? What was hard this past week? When was I saddest? When was I sad or angry? And we allow God to love us even in that thought and memory. Continuing to breathe in the love of God and asking Jesus to grant us the supplies we need. How might we sleep with bread? How might we know that what we have in this day as gift and grace from God, we will have as gift and grace from God tomorrow. And the closing promise from Jesus is that in the midst of gathering up the leftovers, he says, nothing will be lost. Those good things, those wonderful, beautiful, generous gifts that you've received in the past weeks or months. Those won't be lost. But even those hardships, the sadness, the struggle, that is not lost in the hands of heart of Jesus. Jesus will use that as a way of nourishing you, of healing and encouraging you on this journey. It echoes that promise where Jesus says, no one will snatch you from my hand. And we put that alongside the phrase, there will be enough. And those are promises and nourishments that we as a community of faith can carry into these uncertain days. So I'm going to give you just 15 or 20 more seconds to reflect, to breathe in the love of God, Place your hand on your heart again, and then I will pray.
Lord Jesus, we're grateful for every generation that's in the room today and that we can share in this spiritual practice of recognizing the places where you have gifted and graced us with much and those places where we have felt where we've needed your grace and needed you to nourish us and sustain us. We recognize in today's story that you are the giver of too much bread. And so help us to feel and be in touch with that overwhelming supply of grace and love. Push away our fears. And when we feel like we are running out, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we might be able to, with friends and neighbors and family members and fellow journeyers here in this community of faith. May we seek your face, Jesus. May we feel your hope and your vision for us and with us. And might we believe anew in these days that there will be enough. Thank you, community of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.